While we walk the pilgrim pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Let us burn, be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of Him in glory will the toils of life repay. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Onward to the prize before us, soon his beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open, we shall tread the streets of gold. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Amen. But before then, there's still time. 536, the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever will may come. Amen. 536, it's that simple. Whosoever heareth, shout, shout the sound. Spread the blessed tidings all the world around. Tell the joyful news wherever man is found. Whosoever will may come, whosoever will, whosoever will, spread the proclamation over vale and hill, tis a loving father calls the wanderer home, whosoever will may come, whosoever cometh me not delay, now the door is open, enter while you may. Jesus is the true, the only living way. Whosoever will may come. Whosoever will, whosoever will. Send the proclamation over vale and hill. Tis a loving father calls the wanderer home. Whosoever will may come. Whosoever will, the promise is secure. Whosoever will, forever must endure. Whosoever will, tis life forevermore. Whosoever will may come. Sing it. Whosoever will, whosoever will. Send the proclamation over vale and hill. Tis a loving father calls the wanderer home. Whosoever will may come. Amen. Just a couple pages over, 532. In times like these, we need an anchor. Amen. 532. In times like these. 
In times like these, you need a Savior. In times like these, you need an anchor. Be very sure, be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be very sure, be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Amen? In times like these, you need the Bible in times like these. Oh, be not hide them. Be very sure. Be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be very sure, be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. In times like these, I have a Savior. In times like these, I have an anchor, I'm very sure, I'm very sure, my anchor holds and grips the solid rock, this rock is Jesus, yes he's the one, this rock is Jesus, the only one. I'm very sure, I'm very sure, my anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Amen, and you may be seated. going to do things just a little different tonight. If you need a prayer list, uh, please raise your hand there and Brother Ted will get you one. And uh, <clears throat> We had uh, 79 this morning. Praise the Lord for that. And uh, one visitor from the street preaching yesterday uh, met Joseph out on Steinway Street. And um, then Boy, it seems like it was just last Sunday. It was a few days before, about a week ago. We were trying to get the remaining part of the carpet we need, and I got a phone call Friday, and the carpet's coming tomorrow morning. And so that's something to praise the Lord about. Uh, Brother Shaw uh, has been praying. Uh, they're starting their uh, summer revival uh, a week from Thursday. And he was praying that the partitions would be up and the carpet would be finished before they started their revival meetings. And 
So it uh, looks like that is going to happen. So that's something to praise the Lord about. All right. Anything else to put on the list? Remember, the air conditioning's on, so you got to talk real loud. Any other praises tonight? Brother Ted. Sanders out on the street. She, most of you don't know her. She hasn't been to church in a long, long time. Are you still having children? Yes. Said so we don't want to miss out on the blessings. Which one would you send back? Amen. Which one would you send back? We'll keep them all. All right. I think I saw another hand there. Okay, Brother Primor. Amen. Praise, praise the Lord. His time is always best, even when we think we know that it's not. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you, you can put that simply. You can just trust God. Amen. You have one, Ruthie? Okay, what's your praise? You're going to have to help her. All I'm seeing is lips. Yes, praise the Lord, the men were able to come. And uh, we praise the Lord for Heartland and what they're doing. And uh, it's kind of hard for us. We're kind of we're isolated here, but uh, uh, what, what is going on these last uh, six days here at Open Door and into next week is really uh, somewhat unprecedented in, in the world of Bible colleges because they want to do everything and rightly so, on campus where they can keep a good control instead of turning things over to some weirdo in New York City for a week. And uh, yet there are just so many things that we can do here that you just cannot do in Oklahoma City. And uh, that's the heart of the administration uh, of Heartland Baptist Bible College is willing to do that. And uh, so we praise the Lord for being a part uh, one of the men, I think it was Brother Pridemore, said, I, I've got a burden for the inner city now. That's, that's what we, we want to introduce you to one of the world's most neglected mission fields. And so, praise the Lord. All right, any other praises? Anita. Okay, yeah, we praise the Lord, Anita. Lord worked everything out. She could be here today. Rowena. Amen. For his loving kindness and the comfort of the scriptures. Amen. All right. Going once. Okay, Stephen. Okay, I think you said, praise the Lord, we were able to go street preaching Saturday. Okay, yes. 
And uh, I'm under conviction we're going to do this more whether the building ever gets finished or not. Amen. So let's, uh, I'll tell you that was good. Brother Fran. I just prayed the Lord. Um, the, the answer to prayer, there was uh, some difficult stuff happening at work and my, my supervisors were not being honest with someone else and um, we finally got that settled this week and uh, now things are moving in the right direction so I just praise God for that because it was really uh, a big heavy burden on me and when they finally settled it, uh, it just it was just the, one of the best things that happened this week so I just praise the Lord for that and I just thank him for his goodness. Alright. Alright, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the testimonies tonight of your goodness, your grace. We thank you for the fact that you are always right and we can trust you. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for working in hearts and lives. We thank you for the privilege of serving you. We thank you for this class that you've allowed us to host right here at our church and for each man that is here to take this class, and, and Lord, we just thank you for the other pastors and uh, that have cooperated and helped us, and thank you for Brother Rivera and the good service on Thursday night. Lord, we just thank you for all of your blessings in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now we're going to take just two or three minutes here and uh, uh, just go over uh, the request part of our prayer list. Uh, we want to give Brother Hainline plenty of time to preach to us tonight. And uh, so uh, look over the list. Um, there's a few new requests. Um, Hazel, that is uh, Miss Rowena's daughter, she is taking a test uh, for her job, so pray for her. And the name right beside her, uh, I think that's Angelita. I think I spelled it wrong. Um, she is uh, suffering from depression, so just pray for her. Um, other than that, most of the other requests are, are pretty much uh, just there. Has anybody gotten an update from Teddy Kutras, how his mom is doing? Okay, just keep her in prayer. She fell last week's uh, probably still in the hospital. That's why Teddy hasn't been with us. He's taking care of his mom, so pray for Pray for them, if you would. Uh, Elena is doing much better. Philip was here today, her husband. Um, they are just waiting for her sugar and um, blood pressure to regulate. They've been going way up and way down, and so just uh, pray for Elena that that would soon uh, just stop swinging back and forth and that she would be able to be released from the hospital. And uh, keep our missionaries in prayer. And uh, I believe that's just about it, unless there's something that didn't get put on the list. Would you just keep me in prayer this week? Um, I have some really serious uh, deadlines to meet this week at work, and it's just really overwhelming because we're on we're short staff, so just pray that God would give me the ability to meet these deadlines and not burn out at work. I really appreciate those prayers. Thank you. All right. Then let's have a word of prayer over some of these requests and just challenge you to take this home 
and, and pray over the list at home, then Brother Franz will come and lead us in one more song. And uh, Brother Hainline is the missions director at Heartland Baptist Bible College, and uh, we wanted to have him preach at least once while I was here. Didn't want to miss out on that opportunity. And uh, even though we did not know each other at the time, Brother Hainline and I were in Bible college at the same time. Uh, it was one of those things passing in the hallways, and you just, you'd sometimes, I don't know about you, but I wonder where all those guys at BBC are today. And uh, a lot of them are not even in the ministry today, but uh, it, it's just absolutely wonderful when you meet somebody and say, hey, you were there the same time I was, and you're still serving God. Amen. That's encouraging. And uh, so we want to have uh, him preach to us. So let's pray, and then Brother Franz, you come and lead us, and then uh, Brother Hainline, you just come right on up. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and uh, this evening here, and we look at these many requests. Lord, we're thankful that we can bring the testimonies of praises before your name for all the things that you've done. But we're also thankful that you care about each request, each name on this page. And some of these names, Lord, just is a family name representing many other requests that need to be prayed about and, and, uh, and Lord, are in direct need of your attention. We think of these many that are on the list for health, and uh, some of them are chronic. And uh, we think of Lorraine Hand that, uh, unless you step in, Lord, she is just not going to be with us on this earth much longer. Uh, we pray for Teddy's mother that you would just underlift, uh, undergird there and lift her up and heal her. We pray for opportunities for Teddy to witness to his mother. Lord, we uh, pray for these churches here, and, and uh, we think of all the strife and struggle in Baghdad and Brother Lewis's recent testimony there. We just can ask you to continue blessing there at First Baptist in Baghdad. We ask that you would work in, in the lives of the ladies here, that, Lord, that are with child, that you would protect them and the little babies that are uh, being carried in their body, that they would develop and grow and Lord, that uh, one day we would uh, just be able to see them dedicate their lives to serve you. Lord, we ask for the privilege of serving you this week. We ask for your strength to keep us in the way that we would go and give us strength uh, that our path would really not be our path, but it would be your path, that we would willingly choose to submit ourselves and our desires and our work that you may be glorified in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Franz? All right, let's stand. Turn to page 402. 402, like a river glory. This is God's perfect peace. Amen. 402. Like a river glorious is God's perfect peace over all victorious in its bright increase. Perfect yet it floweth fuller every day. Perfect yet it groweth deeper all the way. 
shade of care, not a blast of hurry, touch the spirit there, stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed, finding as he promised, perfect peace and Well, good evening. It's good to be here with you. We have uh, thoroughly enjoyed being with uh, the Montoros and, and in your church this week and uh, what a blessing it's been and uh, to see the work here, the church here firsthand and what God is, is doing is, boy, it's so exciting. And uh, boy, we've just been able to have just a small part and be able to uh, experience the mission field here in New York City and, and, uh, and the need here. And, and boy, it, our eyes have really, really been opened uh, to the need of the gospel here in New York City. And uh, without a doubt, as, as some of the other guys have expressed already, that boy, uh, we, we've just gotten a much more bigger burden for uh, our city here in, in America and uh, the need of our cities. And... Uh, they need the gospel. They need Christ. And, and uh, boy, if we can do anything, first of all, you know, we've, we've gotten a bigger burden for and, and know, knowing how to, how to pray more. And, and, and without a doubt, Lord willing, we can we could pray more that more laborers will come and, and start churches here. And so, so thankful for the Montoros and their sacrifice and all that they have done and to make this possible in you as a church and, and uh, allowing us to come and and uh, uh, I can say on behalf of, of all the guys here, it's been a tremendous blessing, and thank you very much. Uh, thank the Lord for uh, Heartland Baptist Bible College and, and uh, the institution there in, in training uh, men and women for the ministry to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Uh, my wife and I, we, and our five children, we had the opportunity of serving the Lord in Kenya for 13 years, and it was a privilege to serve him there in Kenya. It was a blessing. And uh, uh, to be honest, it was, it was difficult for us to, uh, to leave there. I mean, we intended to spend our whole life there in Kenya. 
Uh, we were on uh, furlough back in, uh, well, I forgot now. It's been a year. Let's see, we've been here a year and a half. So it was in, uh, this is 2000, I think it was 2004 that we were on furlough and, and visiting the church there at Southwest Baptist Church. And they asked if I'd consider coming and teaching at the college. And, and that was quite, that was quite a shock because we never intended on leaving Kenya. But the Lord had different plans, and, and uh, uh, He worked in our hearts and moved us to Heartland Baptist Bible College. And we know that we are uh, in God's perfect will where He wants us, and, and I'm teaching missions, all the mission courses uh, there at the college. And it's a joy, it's a blessing, uh, really to be able to serve the Lord wherever you're at. It's a blessing to be in God's perfect will for your life. And... Uh, thank the Lord for that, and, and I, I pray that your desire would be in God's perfect will also for your life. Well, if you would, uh, uh, tonight, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Ephesians, book of Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll start reading here with verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll read to chapter 2 and verse 10, all right? So let me begin reading here. It says, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, all right, now the Apostle Paul here is is uh, talking to the Ephesian church there in Ephesus. And continuing reading, he says, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, uh, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Starting here, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, aren't you thankful for that, but God? But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By, by grace ye are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, 
that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this evening. Thank you, dear Lord, for the opportunity to gather into your house. And, and uh, what a wonderful day we've had so far. And uh, what a thrill it was for uh, uh, the visitor this, uh, this morning. And Lord, from the result of, of the street preaching, and what a thrill that was. And, and uh, we pray now just be with us this evening as, again, we look into your word. And Lord, to see what you have to, to say to us. And Lord, just fill me with your spirit. And, Give me the words I need to say this evening. We love you, and uh, I pray that we'll, just for these few short moments, set aside all the cares of the world and be attentive to your word. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, I'd like to speak to you about this evening, about how we can uh, live victorious in an ungodly world. And we do live in an ungodly world today, amen? It is, and... Boy, particularly, I, when we come to this city, uh, uh, we see even more so uh, in this city just an ungodly world that we live in. And we need to learn how to, to live a victorious, godly life in an ungodly world. And we will sometimes may wonder, Lord, why in the world did you leave us here on this earth? Uh, there's so much pressure from uh, the world around us and the, the, the flesh and the devil. There's all kinds of things that is pressuring in our lives. Lord, why don't you just take us home to be with you? Well, one day, praise the Lord, he will. Amen. But for right now, he hasn't. And the Lord has us here for a reason and a purpose. And the Lord has you here for a reason and a purpose here in New York City. Just as God has us there in Oklahoma City, the Lord had us there in Kenya, East Africa. Then he moved us to Oklahoma City. The Lord has a purpose and reason for your life. And we need to learn what that purpose and will is. And, and mainly is how we can live victorious. How we can live for Him. Live a godly life in an ungodly world. Well, there's... You know, as humans, we have our own thinking and own reasoning many times in our mind about, about God. And we, first of all, in order to learn how to live a godly life in this ungodly world, we need to, first of all, see who God is and recognize uh, where He is and who He is. Well, there's a couple of views in this world that people have. And, and first of all, there are those that we call secularists, those that uh, may believe that Oh, there's a God somewhere, and He's someplace out there, but He really doesn't have an effect upon my life. And I run my own life, I do my own things, and sure, maybe, maybe there's a God that's created this world and things, but He really doesn't have an effect in my life. And of course, there are those that, that don't even believe there is a God, and that uh, really, man is God, and we're just, you know, working our own way to heaven or doing our own thing, and uh, don't believe in a God whatsoever. And this is usually the, the, the secularist mindset. You know, we're uh, doing our own thing. I can make my own way, pull my own self up by my own bootstraps. And, uh, and, and 
I'll make it in life my own way. But then there's others in this life that uh, what we call our, our animists, which they believe that there is definitely not just a God, but many gods uh, and many spirits. And I don't move, I don't breathe without these spirits and these gods having some type of an effect upon what I, what I do. And so they have this, this mindset that, boy, the world is just uh, an illusion, really. Uh, and and, and whatever, whatever happens is because of the spirits. And we lived in Kenya, Africa for 13 years and became very familiar with this, with this type of thinking. Uh, Kenyans are, are very superstitious. And, and, and everything that happens, happens for a purpose and a reason. Uh, uh, maybe the spirit, the ancestral spirits were upset. They were angry. And this is why this person's sick. Or this is why uh, this has happened. And, and, uh, and, and so there's, there's this mindset. There's this attitude. And just to give an illustration of, of that, we had this uh, couple, this husband and wife that had attended our church, oh, a couple of times. And, and, and so one of the church members called and said, Pastor, you need to go and, and visit this family. Their child is very, very sick. And so we did, and we went and visited them. And, and sure enough, this, this young child, oh, she was, I don't know, maybe uh, uh, four years old, was, was very, very sick. In fact, when I looked at the child, I thought, she, this, this child's not going to make it. I mean, she was just skin and bones and, and uh, had this... Uh, just very, very stiff, and 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 so I I asked the mother, why, what have you taken to, have you taken the child to the hospital? Or I says, well, no, my and she says my husband won't let me. And then and she said, but it's not going to do any good anyway. I says, well, you, you need to at least try. You need to at least go to the hospital, and uh, you know we need to to take this child to the hospital. She says, well, my, I don't know if my husband will, 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 will let me. And I says, well, why? And then the husband came in, and, and, uh, uh, and I started questioning him. Why won't you take your little girl to the hospital? She's very sick, probably could die. And he began to explain to me how that uh, they had gone uh, back home where her parents live, and they vi visited his in-laws. And, and so they went to the, the place there, and... And you have to understand some of these some of these homes they have several different homes in the compound. One is where the man lives, the other is where the wife's home, and the other they have other little huts there for the uh, you know for children. And and so he told me he says I made the mistake of going into my mother-in-law's hut, and it brought a curse upon me. Now, I was thinking in my mind, I'm starting to chuckle. I said, yeah, I could understand going to my mother, you know, I got a curse from my mother-in-law, you know, all these mother-in-law stories. <laughs> Actually, I have a wonderful mother-in-law. But anyways, uh, so I'm thinking, what? There's been a curse? Says, yeah, and, and this curse upon, uh, we brought this curse upon our, our family. And so this is why our girl's sick. And so it's not going to do any good if I take her to the hospital. She's going to die anyways. And so there's this, you know, it's, it's a thinking that's, that's beyond what I'm, I'm used to, but it's very, very real to them. And so I said, you know, we need to take her to the hospital. And so they, they allowed us to take her to the hospital. We took her to the hospital. And, boy, the nurses were running around and, and uh, doing what they could to, to, to get her settled in and start giving her medicine. And, and uh, I 
started buying the medicine to, to, to help them. They didn't have any money. Uh, but really, she had already gone too far. And, and after several weeks, she did die. But so, you know, I say all this to say that we, we live in a world where people have their own thinking about, uh, about God and about this present world. And, you know, we can have victory over this world that we're living in today. So I don't know where you are at in your life and what kind of mindset you may have when it comes to God and, and your own personal life. There is a God that's on the throne. And that's what I'd like to look at this evening in just these few short moments. What does the Bible say? See, the world has, they're thinking, there are those that say, ah, there's a God out there, but he really doesn't have an effect upon my life. But then others that, that have in their mind, oh, yes, there is a God. In fact, there's more than just a God. There's this whole realm of the spirits and all that, that that constantly affect our lives. And we don't live or breathe without something happening. What does the Bible say about all this? And how can we live victorious in this evil world? Well, here in, uh, in our passage of Scripture, first of all, here in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 21, first of all, I want to look at who... Who he is, who God is. Well, first of all, here in Ephesians 1.21, it says here that, well, if you look at verse 20, it says, Which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. First of all, we need to notice that, that God... Christ Jesus, our Heavenly Father, is far above all this present world. We talk about here principality and power and, and might and dominion. In other words, uh, uh, governmental systems, kings and princes and leaders and, and, and those, that, those that are in authority in this world, and not just human beings, but also, but also angels, also devils and, 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 and the evil spirits. God is above all. He's above all those things. God is not subject to this world here. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is far above this present world that we are living in. All right, so he's, I want to look at three things here about God. He's above all, he is before all, and he's the creator of all. We might say the simple truth about God is the ABCs of who He is, above all, before all, and creator of all. Now hold your place here in Ephesians. Look at Colossians chapter 1 and uh, verses 16 and 17. Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17 says, For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. So first of all, we read there in Ephesians that He is above all. And not only that, He is before all things. In other words, God is... God has always been there. No one has created God. 
That's something that's very difficult for our finite minds to comprehend is that God has always been. But it says here that He's before all things. And not only that, He is the creator of all things. God is creator of mankind. He's creator of heaven and earth. God is creator of the angels. Now, God never created the the demons and Satan, and this, but he, before they fell, they were his creation, you see. But by choice, Lucifer chose to rebel against God, and together with all the fallen angels, we have today what's called the, you know, this, this, evil, this evil spirit world now. And Satan, as, as, a, as a tempter and, and an evil person, an evil spirit in this world today. But God is above all that. He's the creator of everything. God is not subject to this world, as man would like to believe. Man tries to create God in his own little mind, his own little thinking, and, and tries to twist God to, uh, to manipulate him to do the things that uh, man thinks he ought to do. God cannot be manipulated by, by our own thinking and by our will. He's above his creation. He's before it because he's the creator of it. And as Christians today, we need to have a right view of who God is. We cannot bring God down to our level. We have to realize who He is. That He is high and lifted up. Look at Isaiah chapter 6 real quick with me, if you would. And we'll make our way back to Ephesians. Isaiah chapter 6. Here in verse... Uh, one and two, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, where? High and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Isaiah looked upon the Lord, and where did he see him? High and lifted up, above all, above everything. You know, when Isaiah saw the Lord, he saw his holiness. He saw that, boy, God's not like me. He's holy. As we, as we look here in, in uh, uh, verse 2 and 3, it says, Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, and twain he covered his face, and twain he covered his feet, and twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. Holy without sin, the exalted one, the creator of heaven and earth. And he realized who he was. And when he saw who God was, he realized who he was and his condition. Because it, after he saw who God was, he says in verse 5, Then said, I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So, first of all, we need to see who God is. He's above all His creation. He's before it all. And He's the creator of it all. And when we see who He is, we need to realize who we are. As Isaiah saw here, 
Turn back with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 2 and verses, verses 1 to 3. Here in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among, them, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. As we see here in these verses, we were dead. Now, as t- Paul is talking to, Ephesian, to the Ephesian Christians here, and as he's talking to the Christians, he's talking in, in past tense. But now, maybe today, you're not saved. You don't know, know Christ as your personal Savior. This is your present condition now, that you're dead in trespasses and sins. And so let's look at a a condition of of humankind here, uh, of of how that we walked according to the course of this world, according to the the world system out here. And we look at the system uh, of this world today, and it is wickedness, it's ungodly. Only desiring to please self and and Brother Montoro has told us, boy, here in New York City, uh, uh, you know, if you want to be rich, you can always, well, there's always somebody else that's richer. You're thinking about power, well, there's somebody else that's, that's even more powerful. And that's what the world is searching after, is, is, is money and power and pleasing self. But praise the Lord, as we've looked at already, there's a God that's above all that, that's all-powerful, that owns all things. And our, but our present condition is that we're dead in trespasses and sins. Just there, walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, which is Satan. He's the, he's the prince of this world for a time. He's ruling in this world. And it's obvious, isn't it? Is God on the throne in this world today? Now, yes, God is on the throne in heaven. But is God ruling here on this earth? I mean, if God was ruling, we wouldn't see the wickedness that's going on today. Now, yes, the Lord is having, the Lord is moving and working and the Holy Spirit of God uh, is working in hearts and lives and people are being saved, yes. But the Lord has yet to set up His kingdom upon this earth. But He will. And so there's the prince of the power of the air who's working and the spirit that even now worketh in the children of disobedience. Then he says in verse 3, among whom we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even, by, even as others. You know, we're, we're, we're sinners by nature. In Kenya, I would talk to people about, about sin and uh, uh, how that we are sinners because we're born sinners. We're born with a nature to sin. And I might be sitting, uh, several times I've sat with maybe a mother, and this new little born baby there, and I said, you know, that baby's a sinner. And the mother would step back, no way, this, this, this child's not a sinner. This is a beautiful little baby, never done anything wrong. So I'd rather not ask. Now, 
will you have to teach that baby to lie? Will you have to teach that child to, uh, to get angry or to, to get upset and hit her brother or sister or whatever? Well, no. Why is that? And then I explained it's because we're born that. It's our, it's our nature. And so then I would use a, a very simple little illustration. And they love, Kenyans love animal stories. And so I would use a very simple little illustration about how that if, a, if this goat over here wants to become a lion, the only way that goat is going to become a lion is to be born a lion. We're real deep here, aren't we now? <laughs> And you know that goat, he may try to roar like a lion. He may hang a little sign on him that says that he's a lion. And maybe try to walk like a lion. And might even go and try to live like where the lions are at. But he's going to get ate up by the lions because he's not a lion. <laughs> In order for that goat to become a lion, he's got to be born a lion. You see? We can't become children of God because of trying to act like a Christian, trying to do good things, trying to do good works. The only way that we can change our nature from an ungodly and sinful nature to become a child of God is to be born again, to be born of God. And the only way we can become born of, born of Him is by putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and, and, and Him making us new. Make it as children of His. You see, we must, he, he must change us. We can't get to heaven by our own good works. Because by nature, it says here, and we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. You see? Well, what did He do for us? You know who God is? And who we are. What did he do for us? Well, verse 4 tells us, but God. Amen. See, if God is high, he's holy, he's high and lifted up, and here we are, how are, how are we going to get to God? And as Christians today, yes, if we were born again, we know Christ is our Savior, how can... We have victory over this present evil world that we're living in. Well, verse 4 here says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us. This word quickened means to be made alive. To be made alive, to be quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. See? What we couldn't do for ourselves, God did for us. By sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. Look in chapter 1 there and, and uh, uh, verse 20. It says, which he, God the Father, wrought in Christ. In other words, worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. See, God may be above all his creation. He might be before all, and he's the creator of all, but that doesn't mean that he's not active in his creation. Amen? 
See, some have in their mind, all right, well, yes, uh, God cre- yes, there's a God out there somewhere. Maybe, maybe he did create us. And, and, and many societies and many religions today, they have some type of creation story. And there's some elements of truth wherever you find it in religion today. Yes, and they may have this in mind. Yes, there's God out there somewhere, but, you know, he's, he's not active in what we're doing. And the animists may say, well, yes, boy, there's spirits everywhere doing this and that. But in their mind, you know, the main God, he's out there. He's far removed. I can't know him. But God is very active in our present. He's very active in his creation. God is not far removed that we can't know him. See? Because, see, we see here that, that Jesus Christ, who is God, the creator of heaven and earth, became flesh for you and me. It says here that he, he died, but he rose again. And he lives today on the right hand of the Father. And what he did for you and me was, was to gain victory over this present system of this, of this world, that victory over the devil, gain victory over the flesh, and is set on the right hand of the throne of God in heaven. He's victorious. And we, it, it, you're living here in New York City, no matter where you're living today, there's the pressures of, of this world today that we live in, and the pressures of, of the devil, and the, flesh, the pressures of, of this flesh. And we might wonder, boy, can I have a victorious life in this world today? Well, we can. Why? Because Jesus is victorious. It says here that, that he, which he wrought in Christ, he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. You see? It says, while, even when we were dead in our sins, he's made us alive. Jesus died on the cross for us, died for our sins. He lives today so that we can live. You see? We can live in this present world, living a victorious life because of what Jesus has done for us. This is for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Praise the Lord what He has done for us. It's something we can't do for ourselves. And we must put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and in His work, which He wrought on the cross for us. That's the only way that, that, that you, can know, you can know you're on your way to heaven is by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And if you've done that today as a Christian, you can have victory in this life. You can have victory over your flesh and over this system of this world and over the devil. Because, look with me if you would here in Not only has he saved us, not only has, you know, we have been made alive because of Jesus Christ. But in verse 6, look at verse 6, and I'd like to, to finish up here with this verse. And it says, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You see, Jesus Christ 
who is the creator who is above all, before all. He's the creator of all. Got involved in his creation and came to this earth, became flesh, died on the cross for our sins, was tempted just like we are, yet without sin. Raised from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Victorious over, he's above all principalities, above all powers, above all governments, above all leaders, above Satan, the demon world, above his angels. And guess what? So are we. We're seated together with Christ in the heavenly places. As Christ is, is above all, so we are above all in Christ Jesus. I love to give this il little illustration. Uh, I gave this, uh, learned this from another missionary. We, we, we presented this in Kenya to our Kenyan believers. As I've explained some already about how the different people think about God and the secularists have in their mind, it's sure God's out there somewhere, but he doesn't have an effect upon me down here where I live. And maybe, sure, there's angels, all right, whatever. They're out there someplace, but they don't have an effect upon my life. Then the animists in their minds thinking, boy, yes, I believe in God and the spirits, and they have an ever-pressing effect upon my life. In fact, it's just so oppressive upon me uh, that in order for me to, in order for them to deal with it, they had to go to this witch doctor and, and, and hope you know, he'll give some prayers and uh, give them some charm to give them some good luck over the spirits and, and all this kind of thing. And so there's always this oppression upon them. But what does the Bible say, as we've looked at already? Yes, there is a God. And yes, there are angels. Yes, there's a Satan. Yes, there's demons. But God's above all. And Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And if you know Christ as your personal Savior, you and I are seated together in the heavenlies with Him. And we are above all. See, we can have victory over sin, over this present evil world that we're living in. We can have victory over Satan because of what Christ has done for us. We are seated together with him. So, as the verse says, you know, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And so we can have victory. And we may say in our minds, boy, you know, I just can't get victory over the temptations of this flesh of mine. Boy, it just seems overwhelming. You know, Brother Montoro's told us that we went down to the building, some building, uh, and learning about all the, the, the stuff that you have to go through and getting the building and land and all that. And boy, it just seems so overwhelming. And, and uh, all the stuff of the, of the government and you have to go through. And, but you know, we can be victorious. And praise the Lord what he's done for you here. See, we have a great and mighty God who's seated above the heavens, seated above all powers. Now, that doesn't mean that we're, you know, we are to be subject. We are to obey the authorities that God has, has set and ordained here upon this earth. But, you know, when we go to our Heavenly Father and in earnest seek His face and in His will, 
he can overcome the seemingly insurmountable difficulties that that we may face if it's coming getting building permits or or insurmountable difficulties at a job or maybe it's the temptations of the flesh we can't have victory because we're seated together in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus and we must go to the Lord Jesus Christ and say Lord you've died for me you've gotten victory over over all things and you saved me Lord I can't have victory over temptations of my flesh or Lord whatever's bother me you know in my life if it's if your, your job place or something with the government or something with your family or whatever it is you can't have victory because of what Christ has done for you but you know it's a choice that we make as Christians I'd like to finish with this verse here in, in Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 Romans chapter 12 says I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God you know we need to quit saying in our minds I can't have victory over my flesh or I can't do this or I can't do that because Jesus Christ has gotten the victory over the flesh over the world over the devil and we can you see we need to quit saying well, I can't serve the Lord how can I tithe how can I give to missions I don't have I don't have enough how can I witness to somebody I was wondering in my mind out there in the street how in the world can I draw this painting and preach at the same time but you know Jesus Christ in us we can do all things you see we need to quit blaming the government or blaming the school or blaming this and that and take responsibility for ourselves so you know I am a sinner I need to confess my sin and get my right my life right with God because I can live victorious in this world because of what Jesus has done for me I can live a godly Christian life I can serve the Lord because I'm seated together with Christ in the heavenlies. I can be victorious. Boy, we need to make a decision. It's, it's a choice that we make. As we finish here in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it's, you know, he, he tells us, be not conformed to this world. All right? Don't be conformed. Don't follow the world, the system, and all. You have, you have choices to make. Well, you know, we make a choice. We there for a while we were watching television so we could watch the news we end up watching other things and it says you know this is enough of this nonsense so we just put the TV away 
we have choices to make in cleaning up our house, cleaning up our lives, and then making a choice of, of doing other things. Is be not conformed to this world, but what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We must saturate ourselves in the Word of God. Spend time in the Word, reading it and memorizing it and meditating upon the Word of God and making it a part of our daily life. See, we can be victorious because Christ has already done the work on the cross. He's seated together in the heavenlies. He's placed us together with Him. And so we can't live godly lives in an ungodly world if we so choose to do so. Stand with me if you would. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't know everyone here. Maybe tonight there's someone here that you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe you've tried to find peace in a relationship or tried to find peace in making money and it just never does satisfy. But you know you can have peace with God by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and the work that he did on the cross of Calvary. If you're not saved, I pray tonight that you'll come. There's someone here, the, the pastor and others, that can show you how you can be saved. They can lead you to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And you can't have victory over the flesh and the devil and this world because of what Christ has done for you. And dear Christian, maybe you've been struggling with things in your own life. And yes, we live in a world and it's a battle every day. We battle the flesh, we battle this world and the, and the devil. But you know, we can't have victory because of what Jesus has done for us. And we're seated together with Christ in the heavenlies. And we must take responsibility and make choices every day to, to be faithful and saturate ourselves in the Word of God and to obey His Word. Maybe tonight you need to come and spend time in prayer with God. Say, Lord, I've, I've, it seems like I've been living a defeated Christian life. And Lord, you've gotten the victory for me, and I know I can be victorious. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this evening. Thank you for your word. I thank you for each one that is here. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done for us. Lord, this, we're in this world. It's an everyday battle, the battling the flesh and this world and the devil. But, Lord, you are victorious, and we can be victorious together with you. I thank you for your precious word and what you've done for us. Lord, as Christians, will be faithful to, the, to your word and to your work until you come to take us home to be with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's just keep